what am I willing to do so that the result can happen? So like, for example, one of the things I was afraid of doing is getting feedback from customers who wanted a refund, right? That doesn't feel good. doesn't feel great to anyone. And a lot of times I would, people normally would shove it under the rug or pretend like it didn't happen. But until you actually address that and are you're willing to actually do the uncomfortable thing of asking that person who wanted a refund and be like, can I ask why this wasn't up to your standards? And that way, your willingness to do that will pave the way for you to make an even better course. Instead mm -hmm. of just saying, I'm afraid to get feedback that is not great, or I'm afraid to open myself up to judgment, right? So think about that and how you can flip it and create that fear into an opportunity. Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I truly appreciate you listening in. This is season 11, episode six, entitled, Tell Your Story with Gloria Chow. Before we jump into the interview, I wanna tell you more about me and When Hers United, the podcast. I believe that success leaves clues. And When Hers United, the podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at When Hers United, which is why they are emphasized. So we can all live a complete and fulfilled life both personally as well as professionally. I also believe that you can't be what you can't see, which is why Winhurst United showcases women of color entrepreneurs. If you love Winhurst United, please invite someone you know to listen and tell your friend to tell a friend. Let's spread the knowledge, y'all. You know we believe in being empowered and empowering on. Now, without further ado, let's get into season 11, episode six, entitled, Tell Your Story with Gloria Chow. All right, we're back with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur, Gloria, welcome. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you and learn from you and listen. Listen, guys, her expertise is what we all need. So get your pen, get your paper, and just get ready for all of the knowledge that Gloria has to share. But before we get into that, let me all tell you more about Gloria. Gloria Chow is an award-winning small business PR coach and host of the top-rated small business PR podcast. Gloria helps early stage founders hack their own PR to go from unknown to seen, heard, and valued with her proprietary three-step CPR pitching method. Gloria's number one mission is to make PR more accessible so that all founders, especially those who have been marginalized and underrepresented, can learn how to grow their business and confidently tell their stories without breaking the bank. Gloria was also recently awarded the Pitch Writing Expert of the Year for 2021 as part of the Influential Business Women Awards, and she's a member of the 2022 Forbes 1000 list. 
and it's more, y'all. Like, she's been featured all over the place, right? So we're about to get all the goods. So, Gloria, let's get started by you telling us how you got started in the public relations industry. Well, if anybody wants to think about a career change, this episode is for them. So I actually never worked in PR. I used to be a U.S. diplomat, so completely different. I was studying international relations, diplomacy, and after three years abroad working at a consulate, I realized that my picture-perfect life on the outside was literally causing me mental distress. I just felt suffocated every day. I wasn't able to use my creativity. I felt completely not aligned. And so I had to make a decision and I decided to resign from a very comfortable career that gave me a pension, the best healthcare in the world, and start my life from scratch. I probably applied to over a thousand plus jobs in PR because I just love to see people win. I'm a great communicator, but they all rejected me because they all wanted very cookie cutter PR agency experience, which I didn't have. And so I had to just start from the bottom and I got like a very small client who was a friend of a friend. And it was a very complex AI credit risk financial analysis startup. No idea what that was. I never studied AI or finance. And I literally had to roll up my sleeves, pick out what was the most relevant piece of newsworthy story. And without any contact, started Googling the operator at New York Times, CNBC, Financial Times, Wall Street Journal. And I just had to cold pitch a thousand times. I had to convince the operator to pass me on to the intern, to pass me on to the associate producer. And I think from doing that thousands of times, I picked up on patterns of what worked and what didn't. And now I teach that in my PR program for small businesses. Mm, I love that. I love that. That is amazing, right? And we often talk on the podcast about pivoting and moving into something different, right? And I think it's amazing and just speaks to the importance of caring for your whole self, right? And really taking advantage of this one life that we have to live, right? Because some people will listen to you and say, this woman is crazy. Like, did you leave a cushy job with a pension? Like pensions are hard to come by nowadays, right? You know, but it's really about that fulfillment, right? Like we have one life. Like what are you really going to do to make sure that you leave this life feeling great about everything that you did, you know, and not being stressed out because that can actually shorten your life. So I love that you, you know, had the courage to walk away from something that was good, you know, and then venture into something that now is amazing, right? Yeah. So talk to us about why public relations or PR is important. So I've always been that person who loves to connect people. Oh, you have a business. You should talk to this person. Oh, you're doing this. You should. I just love to see people be elevated and shine. Like nothing makes me happier. And I think PR is an extension of that because what you're doing essentially is giving that person a platform, right? Whether it's through getting on TV interviews and magazine interviews or podcasts. So that's really what it is in a nutshell. And I don't know if I'm going to be doing this forever, but I will always always be ignited by seeing people win. PR is just my avenue to do that right now. But I will say at the end of the day, after helping thousands of entrepreneurs, what I really do is not about PR. It's really about getting the person to feel confident to go bigger with their story. It's really about the mindset. I can give you tools, content, frameworks, things all day. But if you don't keep pressing that send button and keep going after it, it's not going to happen. So I think more and more it's really about the mindset piece that is is what I'm championing. I love that. I love that. And 
Gloria psychic. Y'all know I'll be telling y'all how the guests come up here and they be psychic, right? So I'm taking notes, Gloria. And the note that I wrote was champion before you actually said champion at the end. I kid you not. I love when this kind of stuff happens, right? Because that's exactly what I heard when you talked about really loving to connect people and things like that. Like it's really being a champion, a champion of those people. And you making me wonder if I need to go into PR, right? Because I also love championing people and just giving them a spotlight, right? But I love you spoke to something that I think is truly important. And I think that sometimes we may overlook in entrepreneurship, right? Like, okay, yes, you're a PR, you connect people, you get them into publications, you get them on podcasts, but you talked about the underlying value of what your business stands for. You know, like that confidence and that mindset, right? Like really taking the time to think about what the underlying value of our business is, because it may not have anything directly to do with that physical thing that we're actually doing. I think that's super important. And that's a great nugget that may have slipped by, right? So I want to highlight that because it's super, super important. And I'm glad you were able to realize that. Yep. I think with everything, it's always two-pronged. It's like the tactical thing of what you need to do, but the mindset piece is often the biggest piece. I would say it's probably 80% of what we do as entrepreneurs. Listen, I think it's 99.9999. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Even better. It is so important. Yes, and we are going to touch on that in a minute. But you said a keyword that leads into my next question, right? You said practical. So what are some practical PR tips that you want to share with us that we can get started using today, whether that looks like story angles to pitch or maybe highlighting what your CPR method is all about, however you want to approach that question. Ooh, how much time you got? So I have a PR masterclass where I detail exactly the structure of a pitch, starting from the subject line to how you close. And you can watch that at gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass. That's spelled C-H-O-U. But just in a nutshell, the point of cold pitching without having any connections is first, you have to believe that it is possible. Like traditionally, we've been told that you need to pay people of a certain skin tone and gender, mainly people who look like the out of Mad Men, for their relationships to get access to the media. I think that's changing. Journalists want to talk to real people. So let's remove the middleman, right? Let's get in front of the story because journalists want to talk to you at the end of the day. They want to seek authentic viewpoints. That's what makes their journalism ethical and credible. So it is possible to have PR and to actually get featured without any PR experience, because I've done it thousands, thousands of times. So that's the first thing you need to know. The second thing you need to know is you need to learn how to translate your marketing and sales message, which is like what you're so good at, right? The benefits and who it's for. You need to scrap all of that. And now you need to take off that hat and put on the hat of what is newsworthy. How can I be a solution for people? Maybe it's three insights or trends or three seasonal ways to deal with winter eczema. Or if you're a jewelry maker, I just wrote a pitch for someone about celebrity trends for engagement rings, right? How can you piggyback on what's trending in social media, on TikTok, you know, what a celebrity is doing, maybe what's happening right now. And that's really the big ethos of how I came up with my CPR pitching method. Now, if we actually want to talk about what the CPR pitching method is, it's a way to structure a cold email, DM, any kind of communication to get the hell yes from the other person who has no idea who you are, right? It's all about getting that yes. So usually how I like to write a pitch is I want to start with the relevance, right? So when you think about CPR, C stands for credibility, P stands for point of view, because experts have a point of view. And that's what we're trying to position you as, not as a seller, but as an expert. And then R stands for relevance. I like to actually flip that and start my pitch with the relevance. So I'll give you an example, right? 
If you are a career coach, it might be something about how graduation is happening. And with thousands of tech layoffs, it's getting harder and harder for new grads to see where they fit in, right? So that's your relevance. Start the email with that. Don't start the email with, hi, how are you? I'm so-and-so. I grew up here. Here's my business. No, you're losing them. Start with the relevance on why it matters right now this season. And then you go into your P stands for point of view and CPR. You might say something like, you know, after helping so many people find jobs and uncertainty, even people in their late 50s or 60s begin their career. Here are the three common mistakes that I've noticed in this virtual job landscape. And then I usually like bullet points. So you might give them three interesting tips or three insights. And then you kind of conclude with the credibility piece, which is the C in CPR. And it's very simple. It's just like one sentence, like I am a career coach and this is what I've noticed. I'm happy to speak more, right? So the whole ethos of the pitch is right there. It's really a framework, a structure of how you can organize your communications. And this works for trying to get into a wholesaler, a retailer. This works for trying to speak on a panel. It works for me trying to pitch onto your podcast or any podcast. It's just a way to have a value-driven conversation when you're not being too salesy and you're leading with that relevance. Mm, that was good. Look, if y'all don't have a whole page of notes right now, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. And for me, it was the hell yes. Right, Gloria? Like we want yep. that hell yes from the people. And I love how you broke it all down so simply. And then the fact that it is transferable, right? Because, you know, a person may think, oh, well, what if I don't want to get into a magazine or something like that, right? But you broke it down into the different facets or different places that you can use this method to get into, right? And as business owners, we need to be getting somewhere, right? Else, what are we doing, right? So I think that that was super, super amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. All right, Gloria. So let's switch lanes a little bit, right? Like you talked about how entrepreneurship is 80% mindset, right? So in doing some of my research, right, like I, I could be a social media stalker. So I was scrolling down your social media page, your IG page. And wait, let me just tell y'all, Gloria's IG page is amazing, right? So y'all got to go check out her IG page because I loved it. So I saw a post where you put, I know how it feels to be an outsider, right? So I wanted to know, like, what were you referencing in relation to that and what have you done personally to, I guess, not make yourself feel like an outsider or be okay with feeling like an outsider? Well, I never really grew up with a mom and a dad. My father passed away when I was three and my mother was always working. So I lived with aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. I was kind of a guest in someone's house. So from that point of view, I never had a traditional nuclear family, if you will, with all the moves. But then also being an Asian American woman in the government, when you think about a U.S. diplomat, you think of a white man. You don't think of a Chinese person. And I've been asked so many times if I actually was a spy or maybe I don't work for the U.S. government. I mean, or even, you know, the fact that I speak really good English, people are, you know, they think it's interesting. So I think being Asian American has this perpetual like foreigner kind of feel to a lot of people. And being a representative of the U.S. government was also an interesting nuance, too, because there's just so few of us. And then now I'm doing something that also is not really super common in the Asian culture. In Asian culture, we're taught to keep our heads down, make other people comfortable, don't disrupt the flow of things. And I am disrupting an entire industry, which is PR. And if I look at people in the media, I don't really see a lot of people like me. And here I am telling other people how to get into the media. So everything that I'm doing now, I feel like is helping other people who maybe may not fit the mold of what you imagine 
an entrepreneur looks like, and we are together rewriting that narrative. So that's really what I mean by being an outsider. Mm, I love that. I love that. And that is actually part of the premise of why this podcast started, right? Like I really wanted to talk about leadership or self-leadership principles based on the premise that when you think of a leader, you think of a white male. But yet we as women of color are leading every day, whether we're leading our household, whether we're leading our children, ourselves, you know, like a lot of people don't realize like you're a leader because you have to get up and lead yourself every single day. Right. So I love that changing the narrative. And even if you are an outsider, quote unquote, you can still do amazing things. Right. Like it's really up to, like you said, what do you believe in the work that you're willing to put in to make that thing happen? So I, I love all of that. All right. So another thing that I saw that you talked about that I was like, this is really, really good. We have to talk about this on the podcast is the concept of willingness versus fear. Right. So, you know, let the audience know, like, what's the difference between willingness and fear and how can we navigate that terrain? So fear is natural, right? Because we in our primitive minds, we're always trying to protect ourselves and to just maintain the status quo. But we're not here to do that. We're here to make a dent in the universe. And so that takes a lot of courage to go past the status quo. Right. And so a lot of fear comes in. And I realized with every step of our business, we have to let go of our limiting mindsets, right? Even you, Nicole, building this podcast, I'm sure it was hard for you to get started. Maybe maybe you were like, oh, I don't have the right equipment or whatever. And imagine if you were just stuck there. There's so many people who would not have benefited from everything that you've created, right? So you had to overcome that limiting mindset, just like I had to overcome my limiting mindset of building a PR course when I've never made a course. I'm not a funnel magician. You know, I'm not one of those like, and and just create it from scratch. So fear is natural and we encounter it so much as entrepreneurs because there's not a pathway for us. We're kind of outside of the traditional realm of like, here's what you do now. And then here's what you do later. There's not really like a chronological order for us. And so dealing with fear, I thought, okay, how can I shift my perspective about fear, which is something that I have to get comfortable with in order to grow. And I thought about what if instead of asking you, yourself, you know, I'm afraid of this. And, you know, like, how afraid am I? If you flipped it and said, what am I willing, right? What am I willing to do so that the result can happen? So like, for example, one of the things I was afraid of doing is getting feedback from customers who wanted a refund, right? That doesn't feel good. doesn't feel great to anyone. And a lot of times I would, people normally would shove it under the rug or pretend like it didn't happen. But until you actually address that and are, you're willing to actually do the uncomfortable thing of asking that person who wanted a refund and be like, can I ask why this wasn't up to your standards? And that way, your willingness to do that will pave the way for you to make an even better course. Instead Mm -hmm. of just saying, I'm afraid to get feedback that is not great, or I'm afraid to open myself up to judgment, right? So think about that and how you can flip it and create that fear into an opportunity. Mm, That's good. That's good. So allow what you want to be bigger than what you don't want, so to say. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, right. That's really, really good. And I do agree that fear is crippling, right? For me personally, like with starting this podcast, I was so nervous about what other people thought that it could have been a stumbling block. But what I did to stop that was I didn't tell anyone. I was starting a podcast. Like I literally told one person just because, you know, like naysayers and all of that stuff, like what other people think, you know, can sway you. Right. So I literally told no one because I wanted to just do it. Right. And that was my tactic in doing that. 
And it also made me think of, or listening to you also made me think of just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, it's one of the things that as entrepreneurs, like we have to learn how to do and learn how to do it effectively. Because like you said, like we're doing things that we may not know anyone in our immediate circle that are doing, you know, like things that we don't even know how to do the thing. Right. But having that willingness to figure it out, you know, having the willingness, how they say to fail forward. Right. Because sometimes something that you want to do may not turn out the way you want it to. Right. But it's so many lessons that you learn in that process that you can then use to be and do better over and over again. So. I think that concept is super, super awesome, right? And I hope we all adopt it because we need it, right? Like we don't need to let anything hold us back from living our best lives because we all deserve to live our best life. Amen. We got merch. Go to winhersunited.com forward slash shop to check out the WinHers t-shirts. There are two options available for you in multiple colors. One is called the Winhurst Courageous T-shirt and the other is called the Winhurst Birthright T-shirt. The material is top-notch and the designs are too cute. Remember, you're a Winher every day, so you might as well wear the T-shirt. Get yours today at winhersunited.com forward slash shop. So Gloria, talk to us about some of the challenges that you experienced while growing your business and how you overcame them. Ooh, how much time you got, right? <laughs> it's, it's, I, always, <laughs> I always say building a business from scratch is like the best form of therapy or best form of self-awareness, just slapping you in the face because you see all of your scarcity mindsets, your limitations, your weaknesses, and all of the places play out in real life because you don't have that support of like an institution or an organization, right? So I, a lot of the things that I had to overcome from a mindset perspective was, for example, if you're making a course, the perspective that people only want to work one-on-one -on -one with you, right? I had to get rid of that and make it so that our students can still get results in a group environment where they get personalized coaching, but can learn from each other, right? Another thing was, oh, this is a big one. And one I still struggle with is building a team, which means you have to hire and delegate. And that means you have to let go and know that people aren't going to do things exactly the way you do it, but that's okay because you cannot be in the weeds every single day. There's no way you're going to grow. So that is probably the biggest humbling experience is how do I grow as a leader? How do I grow a team? Because I can't make my business the way I wanted to and have it impact more people with just me. So how do I hire people who are so 100% committed to the mission right? That allows me to do the things in my zone of genius, like talking to you on a podcast and not answering customer service emails because otherwise I will be burnt out. So that mindset of letting go of being okay with things, you know, might taking a long time and not getting an immediate ROI from someone that I hired because they need to be trained and properly onboarded. Because what you don't want to do is just hire and dump them. That's, you know, quickest way to not those are all the things that are very humbling for me that I had to learn, right? Because I learned from my mistakes because people left. I got burnt out and I said, why is it that I have five people on my team, but I'm doing all the work? Oh, maybe mm -hmm. it's something about me. So it's a lot of self-reflection and a lot of seeing where my weaknesses are and trying to figure out how can I get the coaching, the resources and the support so that I can work on those areas of weakness. Mm, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I do agree that you know, that letting go 
and outsourcing can be one of the biggest hurdles for entrepreneurs, right? Like when I talked about this on some of the previous episodes, it's thinking like, oh, this is my baby, right? Because our business Mm -hmm. is our baby. You know, I know with me, like with my son, like I didn't trust anyone to babysit my son initially, right? But after a while, I had to let go of that, right? So, you know, and thinking about that, you know, with your children, it's like, wait a minute, I don't trust nobody to watch my kid or, you know, something like even getting deeper, something may have happened to you as a kid in the care of someone else. Right. So then now you have this trauma that doesn't allow you to want to let other people watch your kids. Right. So like with me, when I first started to try to outsource, because I'm still working on that myself, you know, like the I want to say the first two people that I actually was like, okay, I'm going to hire you when it was time for them to work. They ghosted me. Right. So then now that experience has me hesitant to even take the time to go through the interview process and decide mm-hmm. on a person because are you going to stay or are you not? Are you going to show up or are you not going to show up? Right. So it's so many traumas that I think that can also have us hesitant, you know, in relation to moving forward and outsourcing. But we have to get past that. Right. Like every scenario won't lend itself to be that. But if you believe every scenario will lend itself to be that, then that's exactly what you'll see. Right. Mm-hmm. Then another entrepreneur that I was talking to recently, like she told me how I think it might have been for a year or more that she had a virtual assistant, but would never give her work. Wow. Wow. Like you're literally paying someone to help you, but you're holding on so tight, you know, and won't give that person work or won't allow yourself to be helped. You know, then we wonder why we're burnt out. We wonder why we're stressed. And I also like to say like, no big business is ran by one person, you know? And if we want to see our business get bigger, we need more people. So I think that that was amazing. Thank you. I'm still learning every day. No means I'm there yet, but I really see it. You know, my coach said something. She said, what if you saw everything as your playground to learn, to evolve and to test different identities of yourself, right? I always thought hiring and rehiring was a sign of defeat that I didn't do it right. So I had to rehire. And she's like, what if it's just a playground for you to like, get good at the skill? And if you see everything as a journey, and not as a destination, you take that pressure off yourself. Mm, I like that. And I like the word that you use like playground. Because that Mm -hmm. takes, you know, like it makes it less pressure, right? So thinking of it as that playground, that's amazing. All right, Gloria. So talk to us about inner peace, because I know you talk about like the importance of inner peace and not wanting to trade our inner peace for any dollar signs or, you know, business acquisitions, for lack of a better term. Right. But let's just explore that a little more. I think it's hard because we have it so deeply ingrained in us as women of color, children of immigrants, this scarcity mindset that it's never enough. And so I grew up always thinking that the more money I made, the safer that I will become, the more worthy I am. So I had a very toxic relationship with my self-worth, right? So it was sacrificing my health, my relationships, just to close another sale. And I ran my business to the point where my body shut down. I actually had a major fibroid surgery where they had an open abdominal surgery to get the 11 centimeter fibroid out. And day three, wearing like literally staples and bleeding in my bandages, got back on the computer. And then four weeks later, I did my goal, which I had for so long, which is a six-figure launch, and I did it. And then I went into a complete mental meltdown, right? Because I never gave myself time to rest. And through that journey of seeing, why is it that I was so burnt out? Why is it that I was making more money than ever, but I was more unhappy than ever? I started to deconstruct 
all the beliefs that I had around my internalized capitalism, what I was willing to sacrifice for money, how that was deeply ingrained in my childhood and start to rewire that actively. Because a lot of things, a lot of times when we're doing it, it's just subconscious programming, right? So if my husband's talking to me, my email will always be more important. And it got to a point where he would be talking to me and I wouldn't even be listening to him. I would be like in the DMs or messaging my team. Nobody wants to work with someone like that. You know, like no team wants you to be messaging them at all hours of the night. And so that lack of boundaries came from a lack of self-worth that came from deeply ingrained scarcity of, you know, it's never enough. And so every single day I'm actively trying to rewire that and share my story because I know it's so common in all of us, right? As entrepreneurs, we have an infinite cap to what we can earn, but we don't have an infinite amount of energy. And I realized that when I started to value my time and energy more than just dollar bills, that's when I really started to understand why I wanted to build this business. And I honed in on my messaging. And it's this shift that I made last year of, I don't want to serve everyone. Like my program is not for everyone, but I really honed in on my audience, which is a more marginalized community that normally would not even have the budget or the bandwidth to really do PR because it just was not accessible to them. And through doing that journey and understanding that I only want hell yes people in my program to do the sacred work of pitching ourselves, I'm fine with people who are hell no's. And I actually want people to step back so that the people who are hell yeses can lean all the way in. And so that has fundamentally changed my business, the way I message, the copywriting on my sales page, the ethos. And it was really a beautiful journey to go from burnout because I wanted to serve everyone to now knowing exactly who my audience is and how I can serve them. Mm, I love that. I love that. I don't love that, you know, you had to get to burnout, you -hmm. know, to experience that. But I do believe that what you experience is so freeing in this entrepreneurial journey, right? Like I do agree that, and I think it's a lot for startup, you know, like, newbies, so to say, in the entrepreneurial game, like we want to save the world and we want to help everybody. Right. But when Mm -hmm. we narrow that down, I believe it actually opens you up to receive more, you know, like when you narrow that thing down. Right. Which is the complete opposite of what it sounds like. Right. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, what I do believe that people may run away from. Right. And it actually reminds me of a biblical verse where it says, when you, if you cast your net too wide, you won't catch any fish, you know? And and again, it goes against, you know, like common sense. Like if I cast my net wide, I'm gonna catch all the fish. Right. But, you know, in essence, it's really not the best approach to get exactly what you're looking for. So I love that. I love that. You touched on a lot of topics, right? Like boundaries. Mm. Oh my goodness, right? The infamous B word, right? Like I know for (laughs) me personally, like boundaries, I didn't even understand what a boundary was, Mm. you know? And then to take the time to understand boundaries and then see how not understanding or not establishing boundaries, how that shows up in so many facets of your life. And I think also that could be a having a mixture of people pleasing, you know, in relation to it and not wanting to turn some people off. It definitely directs to self-worth, you know, and the importance of that, right? Like, whew, so many gems, so many gems and such important stuff that I think like until we get down to the root 
of all of these things that we may overlook because we're thinking about, you know, building this big business and all of these dollar signs, like till we get to the root of these things, it won't equate to true happiness, right? Like we won't be that holistic person, which is why on the podcast, we talk about business mindset, personal development and self-care because I really want to preach the importance of being holistic in this journey because if not, what are we doing? You know, like what are we doing, right? So Gloria, tell us why self-care is important to you and what you do to practice self-care. You know, I always gave my energy out like an endless bucket. And I always thought that that was just me. Like I'm a gregarious, outgoing person. But I also realized that was a result of a dysregulated nervous system from my childhood traumas, right? Moving every other year, not knowing where I was going to live next. And it was only recently through the fibroid journey where I realized that everything is energy because that ball of cells is literally just stuck energy. I wasn't letting it flow. I started to do a lot of reading around energy flow and, you know, law of attraction and stuff that, I mean, I understand that you're like, amen, sister, because some people think it's too woo-woo, but this is like fact, like, you know, the body keeps the score. I started to realize that there's such a connection between how we give our energy, how we build our business and how our body is always talking to us. So self-care has become much more important, but also allowing yourself to spend money on self-care, right? Leaning into that and saying that I am worth it to get a massage or I'm worth it to do this and letting yourself just feel like deserving. That is the root of everything, right? And then starting to create more time in my schedule where I'm not getting on calls with people all the time because I know my offer stands on its own. We have people getting so many wins from all over the world. I don't need to convince anyone, right? So that's like the second layer of energy. And then just being very intentional with when I do give energy. So I now added monthly workshop training calls with me where I review their pitches. I introduce the members to everyone. I bring on guests and it's like a mastermind style coaching at such an accessible price. And I didn't raise the price of my program. It's for the same price. And I give all my energy there. Like last time I, I was on the call for three hours. Oh wow! So I realized like that fills my cup and some other things don't. So it's just understanding where that energy is coming from. Am I giving from a place of desperation because I'm afraid to lose a sale or a client, or am I really truly happy to help them because I know this can really help them, right? So I started to just answer DMs and try to help people and give them free resources without any expectations. And I realized the more I did that, the more my business actually flourished. And there are times where I'm just like for self-care, like I'm just not responding to the email today. And that's okay too, right? Because today we treat, you know, emails like text messages. And I feel like that's very toxic, you know, like Emails are not text messages. We should not be responding with like a three minute window, which I was. So self-care from that point of view, but then also like treating myself like, you know, worthy. So getting myself gifts, I get a massage every week, which is it's body work, right? To move the energy and rolling in programs. And I just hired a somatic therapist to work through a lot of the things that I have from childhood that were coping mechanisms, right? These are the things that I'm investing back into myself. And so that to me is how I really do self-care is investing myself as a whole person. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I'm so glad that you talk about giving yourself permission to invest in your self-care, right? Because I think like as women, probably more so as women of color, we focus on everyone and everything else but ourselves, right? So on a lot of the episodes, you'll hear me talking about ways that you can freely 
provide self-care. Like our last episode, Mm. the guest, she said laughter is one of her self-care mechanisms. And I thought that was so amazing, right? Because I do know, you know, it could be a touchy subject, right? Like I got to take care of the kids. I got to take care of the house. I got to take care of the business, right? But if you don't take care of yourself, what do they say? Like on an airplane, if you don't put your oxygen mask on first, what will you have to give to all of these other facets of your life, right? So I love that invest in yourself and your self-care, right? Like we invest in trainings and master's degrees and, you know, brick and mortar businesses. Like we invest in all of these things, right? But what are you doing to make sure that your cup is not empty? I think that's super, super amazing. And I love how you took a step back to redefine where you wanted to spend your time, right? Like I always say like time is the most precious resource, right? Like it's something that we do not get back, you know? So really being intentional about how you want to show up and how that contributes to your whole person, I think is super, super amazing. And I do agree with you in relation to not having to respond to every single thing. It's so crazy the way this digital world has programmed us, so to say, you know, like, Like I go to dinner with my children. I have a 23-year-old and I have a nine-year-old, right? And my 23-year-old, she's on her phone the entire time. My nine-year-old, when I'm doing stuff around the house, like he'll hear the phone ring or the phone buzz. And he's like, are you going to check that? And I'm like, no, not right now. Like I'm doing something, you know, and kind of teaching that it's okay not to respond to that ding. Like nothing's going to happen. And if it does, then I believe that, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be in this moment. Right. Because being present, like we are losing the art of being present. Right. And I think that's something that we need to pay more attention to because it's super, super, super important. Oh, and I was going to say it reminded me of the TV show. It was a special on Netflix, the one that talked about social media. What's it called? The social something. I forget. It was a while back, but not too long back. But it talked about what social media does and the brain and all of the things and how they're like creating different things to just continue to get our attention. Like if you pay attention in the past, Messenger didn't tell you like, hey, you had this message two days ago that you didn't respond to. You know, even your email, hey, three days ago, you got this, you didn't respond. Like it's all of these ways to keep us engaged in this digital world when it could also be at the deficit of us missing out on the world that's right in front of us, right? So it's something to pay attention to. I really enjoyed this interview with Gloria and I hope you did as well. My takeaway for today is to find creative and relevant ways to tell my story because my story is valuable. I really appreciated Gloria breaking down her CPR method for us so that we can own our public relations pursuits. But enough about me. How about you? What's your takeaway from this episode? Send me an email and let me know. My email is winhersunited at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. One of my models is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. Also, don't forget to go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast. This is where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. You can read Gloria's full bio, get the links to connect with Gloria, get the cash app handle for Winhers United, 
Get the direct link to my Buy Me A Coffee page. Get the link to get your Win Hers t-shirt and more. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing winning woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on. <laughs>